Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Killing Me Smalls podcast. I'm Mike Small, and today's going to be kind of a fun show. I know that there's a lot going on right now with uh, NBA trades and getting ready for the uh, NBA draft, which is Thursday night. We're recording this on a Wednesday. The Phillies have been rained out the last few days in Washington. They play a doubleheader today, and uh, hopefully things are going well with them. But I want to do things a little bit different today. We're going to bring on a special guest today who I think you're all really going to enjoy. His name is Robbie Pito. He was one of the best pitchers in high school in New Jersey a couple of years ago. Went to the University of North Carolina and got caught up in a little bit of a numbers game down there with a ton of pitchers. Decided to go on to State College of Florida where he had a really nice career there in a shorter period of time. And went to Stetson University this past year. Had some great accomplishments, including a combined no-hitter against Florida State. Robbie's been drafted twice in the last four years. And we're going to talk to him a little bit about his journey, what it's like to be a college athlete, and how he prepares for the next part of his career. But before we do that, we want to thank our sponsor, Matt Blatt-Kia. Get fried up with my boy, Kobe Fryer. Kobe is a salesman, but a good salesman in terms of his focus is making sure that the customer is always placed first. He wants his friends and family to feel very, very comfortable recommending their friends and family to him. So he always does the right thing by his customers. I've known this guy for over 38 years, and I really, really recommend strongly that you give him a shout. His phone number is 609-706-2101. You can give him a call directly or reach out to me and I'll make sure to connect you with him. Any credit situation can be handled with ease and make sure you check out the new Kia Telluride or any of the other fine cars that they are touting right now. So without further ado, let me introduce our first guest, Robbie Pito. Robbie, welcome to the Killing Me Smalls podcast. Thank you. I'm uh, very, very happy to be here and uh, be experiencing this. So I am a big guy. I'm about just under 6'4". And um, I'm looking up to you. You got to be what about six five two thirty? Uh, you know, it's funny. Every time I, I go to the doctor, I'm I'm thinking to hear and thinking that I'm going to get over the six four mark. But uh, every time I go in, they tell me I'm still six four, even sometimes six three and three quarters. And uh, I weigh two hundred fifteen pounds. Trying to add a little bit more. Well, you definitely have the uh, the look of a pitcher and the stare of a pitcher. As I've looked at some of your highlights. So you've been drafted twice in the last four years, the first time by the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, and this past, uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago, the Tampa Bay Rays, you've decided to go back to Stetson, which for those of you who are not familiar with Stetson University, it is a baseball college. It's a good school, but as far as baseball goes, just a couple of names that have come out of there in the last few years, two Cy Young Award winners, Jacob deGrom and Corey Kluber. So, Robbie, we talked a little bit about you going from North Carolina to State College of Florida and a little bit about your journey. Kind of walk us through it. You were were a star at Monroe Township High School. I remember reading that you had, I think they said, the best curveball in the state of New Jersey, and you were one of the top two or three pitchers in the state. And, you know, you go to North Carolina. And can you talk a little bit about your journey as to to how you ended up at Stetson and, and what that's like for you? Yeah, so um, you know, going into to North Carolina as a freshman, um, I was hoping to kind of get out there, get my feet wet a little bit, and then 
kind of experience what Division One baseball in the ACC is like. Um, I ended up redshirting that year. Um, we had a lot of, you know, good pitchers on the staff and, you know, my opportunity just never came. And uh, I realized that I wasn't probably going to get the same amount of innings there as I would have liked to. Um, so I decided to transfer to the State College of Florida, which is a junior college out in Bradenton, uh, Florida, and uh, went there for one year, had a great pitching coach there who was a, I believe, 15 year big leaguer. His name's Don Robinson. Uh, three-time Pittsburgh Silver Pirates, right? Three-time Silver Slugger. Um, played for the Pirates, the Giants. Um, so I learned a lot from him there. Uh, I had some, you know, tough luck with a uh, with a back injury that kept me out for a little bit of the season. Um, started to get recruited again when I came back. Spoke to some schools like Florida State, Clemson, TCU, and Stetson, and I realized that Stetson. I think was the best place for me to go in terms of getting an opportunity to get out there and throw uh, really bonded with the pitching coach. And, you know, like you said before, Corey Kluber and Jacob DeGrom, two Cy Youngs who came out of there. It's not a bad place to go. How important is the pitching coach? I mean, you hear it all the time. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a guy that watches a lot of baseball and um, you know, if the team's pitching is horrible, the first thing everybody wants to do is fire the pitching coach. And if the team's hitting is horrible, the next thing they want to do is fire the hitting coach. And then I guess it's the manager's turn. And I think the Phillies are going through that a little bit right now. You've had some good pitching coaches at North Carolina, at at Monroe, obviously, and um, State College of Florida, Don Robinson, and at Stetson now. How important is that connection to, to what you do on a regular basis to prepare yourself for a game and your career? Uh, I think it's huge. Um, you know, you want your pitching coach to trust you. And at the same time, you got to have trust in your pitching coach. And I think that's what, you know, really helped me have um, pretty good season this year at Stetson is that I had full faith in, in my pitching coach. And anytime that he came out to the mound, uh, if I was in some kind of trouble, he was, you know, he was there to help me out, tell me some things that I'm doing wrong. Um and just kind of help me on an adjustment standpoint. But at the same time, when you get to the level that I'm at and the next level, at some point you got to be your own pitching coach because they're not always going to have that right answer for you. They don't know. I'm sure they've done it in their career, but you know, they're not the ones out in the mound at that, at that time pitching in front of, you know, two or 3000 people, they don't have all the answers. So at some point in your career, you got to be able to make adjustments for yourself and uh, kind of work on work from there at that point. But, you know, you definitely want to have a great relationship <clears throat> with your pitching coach. Um, my pitching coach at Stetson, I have a good relationship with, and, you know, he trusted us to call our own games this year. And I think that was, that was huge for me. Um, I had full faith in him and our catchers. And I just think that if you can call your own game, it's going to be a, a big learning process for you as you learn from your own mistakes. Talk a little bit about that preparation, you know, so I know a lot is discussed about film study, looking at yourself, looking at that opponents, working with the catcher. What is, what is that preparation like? I mean, you know, you, a lot of people think, OK, you pitch every fifth day. You're pretty much just cruising for four days, sitting on the bench and, uh, you know, flipping baseballs around with your buddies. What is that preparation like in between games? Well, I think the biggest thing is establishing a routine. And uh, for me, my routine this year was the same every week, unless a start was getting bumped up or bumped back due to weather or any other kind of circumstances. But I think the best pitchers, you see guys like Max Scherzer, Corey Kluber, 
Um, you know, they have these routines that they go through every week. And I think that's, that's a big way to be successful for me. The day after I pitched every single week, I would long toss and then I would get a workout in. And usually I would hit lower body pretty hard and, you know, try to get more muscle back in my legs after, you know, asserting a lot of energy. Um, and it, there's obviously, you know, bullpens throughout the week and more workouts. And I think if you keep doing the same thing off the field um, every week before your next start, then it just comes natural to you when you're out there on the mound. So for me, I think my routine and, you know, really establishing that routine is, is very is very big for me. Think about this year. When I look back at this year, as I had a chance to follow you, I noticed you got stronger as the year went along. Your better games were towards the end of the season. Uh, I think that says something about your conditioning that, you know, a lot of people wear down and you got stronger. Why do you think that is? You mentioned the back injury. Is it because you think you just got stronger and stronger from that injury and and were able to, you know, get yourself back into your normal routine or or was it more of a conditioning thing? Well, I think it was, I think it was a little bit of both. I think, you know, I spent the whole last summer rehabbing my back and I was working on it, you know, three, four times a week doing different exercises to build that strength back that I had lost. Um, so I think that, that definitely played a role in me being able to, you know, be stronger as the season went on. But, you know, also my pitching coach's philosophy is, is you got to throw to grow and you got to throw often if you want to be able to throw hard often and go, you know, as hard as you can for as long as you can. And so, you know, I trusted his philosophy of throwing a lot. You know, sometimes you're going to be fatigued and you got to throw through it to, you know, condition your arm. It's it's the same thing as, as riding a bike. You can't just go out and and be like, oh, I'm going to go ride a bike for, for 10 miles today. You got to kind of grow into it and you got to, you know, got to work and, and build up your stamina and your endurance. And I think it goes the same for pitching. Um, I think that I, I trusted the program and the process the entire year and, I kept with it. And I think that's why I was able, you know, to feel hundred percent towards the end of the year is because, you know, my arm was conditioned for that. So there's a lot of people that'll be listening to this podcast that have, that have kids that, that play baseball and pitch some younger kids. And, you know, what you're really describing is a college routine, but if you're, you know, if you're coming up through little league or a high school pitcher, what are some of the things that you learned in terms that you could, you know, give back in terms of people getting ready to, to, to not do too much with their arm, but, but build up strength and, and, you know, what are some of the routines that you recommend? Um, I think the biggest thing, um, if we're talking little league, um, you know, you're obviously still very far away from high school and college. I think at that point, it's all about, it's all about having fun. Um, and I was lucky enough to play for my dad growing up and kind of play with the same group of guys up until high school. And, you know, we had so much fun and we were very successful because of that. Um, but, you know, when you get to high school and, you know, you're, you know, you want to get recruited and go to college. Um, I think having a routine is crucial. I think making sure that you're eating right and, you know, you're working hard in the weight room off the field, you know, you're doing the right thing. Um, I think the biggest thing that people don't really talk about is, is grades. Um, that was kind of crucial for me. I, I didn't have great grades in high school. Um, and I realized that, you know, I needed to, to get my grades up if I wanted to get into North Carolina. And I think it's, it's crucial to have good grades. If you want to get recruited, it's crucial to be smart on social media with the things that you post and, you know, the things that you retweet or favorite on Twitter. Um, I just think that these are all big things that people don't really think about until it's time to get recruited and people might pass on you because of stuff like that. 
I think a lot of people have learned about social media, watching the NBA and the NFL draft over the last couple of years, watching guys fall for crazy reasons and things they've posted. You know, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I do want to talk to you a little bit more about getting ready for the draft. And you've done it twice now and and you're going to get prepared for a third time. And I want to make sure that we talk a little bit more about it. But real quick message here. Do you have unused jewelry lying around that you want to sell? We'll cut out the middleman and go directly to Philadelphia's oldest and most trusted Precious Metal Refinery, Garfield Refining. Garfield has been around for 127 years and offers the highest payouts for gold, silver, platinum, and palladium jewelry. To start refining, visit GarfieldRefining.com or call 1-800-523-0968 to talk with a Garfield representative. That number again, 800-523-0968. New customers can use the promo code fifth quarter. that's P-H-I-F-T-H, quarter, to receive a 50% discount off refining. Garfield Refining Company offering the highest payments for your precious metals since 1892. And I would be remiss, Robbie, if I didn't share two things. One, the Killing Me Smalls podcast has been on Spotify and is now on Apple Podcasts. So please go on Apple Podcasts, hit the search button. Everybody's got an iPhone. You can all do this. Hit the search button, type in Killin, K-I-L-L-I-N, Me Smalls with a Z. And subscribe to it now and give us a review and what you think of of the interview with Robbie and any other interviews that we have coming up. And I also want to announce that Robbie is going to be our summer intern for the Killing Me Smalls podcast. So he's going to be getting us guests and helping produce the sound and the quality and keeping this thing going. But why? what better way to start your internship than getting an interview? And uh, that's what we're doing today. And, you know, Robbie, it's been it's really been a pleasure to to talk to you so far today. I want to talk to you a little bit about getting ready for the for the Major League Baseball draft. You know, you, you see that you got drafted in the 30th round the first time, the 26th round the second time. But what people don't know is that you got phone calls that people wanted to draft you earlier than that both times. Can you talk a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes, the anxiety, the dealing with, with your, your agent and what they're saying to teams and back and forth and offering money and, and how that all goes? Because it was... a uh, I had the opportunity to sit with you during this last process, and it was fascinating. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty unbelievable experience. Um, you know, I'm fortunate that I was able to you know be drafted one time, let alone twice. Um, and it's it's really humbling to be completely honest with you that you know someone wants to invest in you and and give you a shot to ultimately pitch in the big leagues one day. Um, for me. This past year was a little bit more stressful than it was in high school. Um, I had hoped to be picked up in a in an early round this year with a situation that you know I couldn't turn down and, and I could go and get my career started. Um, you know, unfortunately that didn't happen, but luckily I get to you know go back to Stetson for another year um, with a great group of guys and a great group of coaches and administration, and you know get to hopefully do it again next year. Um, as well as earning my degree, which is, you know, pretty big for me. Um, but yeah, a lot of people don't know kind of what goes on in the background. Um, I actually don't have an agent, so I was kind of doing most of the, uh, you know, the phone calls by myself and, you know, having to hear, you know, people talk about hundreds and thousands of dollars. And, you know, as a 20 year old kid, you never really kind of think that that you're going to be in a position like that. Um, but you know, that's overall, right. You can't have an agent until you're officially yeah until you're accepted, officially right? accepted into got that. it. 
into the pro professional am until you're not an amateur. Very important. We clear that up. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it, it was a cool experience overall. Um, you know, some excitement, some disappointment, obviously, but, uh, I think that the biggest thing for me is to kind of take this past year and, you know, have it fuel me for next year's draft. You know, I think we probably should spend a second as to why you are so highly touted. We talked about your size. What people don't know is that you average between 93 and 95 miles an hour. You've touched 97 miles an hour and have a nasty slider. Talk a little bit about your repertoire and what you think you need to work on to make that ready for, for the big leagues. I think the biggest thing um, that'll help me get to the big leagues is, you know, continuing to improve my fastball command. Cause I think, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, and I've really bought into the fact that you can go out there and you could win a game just throwing fastballs. If you execute them and put them in the right spot um, that, cause that just pretty much sets up all your other pitches. So I throw a four seam fastball. Uh, like you said, averages in like the 92 to 95 range of, uh, you know, I've heard I've been up to about 97. Um, one thing with my fastball I'd like to improve on is, you know, the spin rate of it, getting it to spin more and kind of making it more of a swing and miss pitch. Um, but, you know, aside from that, I throw a, a change up that I throw like a two seam. And uh, in my opinion, it's it's my best pitch. I think it it's around 84 to 85 miles per hour, just just slower than uh, just slow enough for my fastball that, uh, you know, if I throw it with, you know, the same conviction, and the same arm speed as a fastball, I'm going to get uh dominantly lefties to swing at it but also righties at times um and i also throw a spiked curveball which people think that is a slider because <laughs> i throw it around 84 to 85 miles per hour um when i have two strikes on someone but early in the count i like to kind of just drop it in there for a strike when a hitter is not really expecting it and that's usually around like 79 to 80 um i'm also working on a slider that you know i could have for next year just to kind of have two of those pitches that break that way and, and, you know, the same speed. And I think if I can do that and I can develop, if I can develop that fourth pitch, it'll, uh, it'll help me be more successful without a doubt. You know, the painful part about this is a Phillies fan is, is watching the Phillies throw out Cole Irvin the other night who can't break 88 miles an hour. And I've got you sitting next to me who could throw 97. The, the Phillies need to get on that very, very quickly. Robbie, it's been awesome having you on the podcast. I think everybody's going to enjoy listening to the journey that you've been on. I think that, you know, your maturity that, you know, it's great is the fact that you are going to get your degree this year. You're not 21 yet. You'll be 21 in August. And um, when you go back to the draft next year, you're still going to be very, very young. You're going to be a lot more mature. You're going to have your degree and you're in physically some great shape. And uh, I think only great things are ahead for you. So. It's been an honor having you on the Killing the Smalls podcast, and we're glad to have you as the summer intern. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. All right, everybody. Thanks for your time. Again, please go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, download it, subscribe to the Killing Me Smalls podcast, and leave us a review. Robbie Pito, thanks again. We'll be back next week with some Sixers draft talk and some more Phillies talk. Thanks, everybody.